0: Hello, my friends and welcome to the Leia Yoga podcast, Layer Yoga helping you overcome anxiety through the power of classical Hatha Yoga, enabling you to be calmer, joyful and stronger. Um, Great episode today, spoke to a fascinating lady called JJ Myra who started off in the uh, traditional sciences and through many challenges hitting rock bottom, um, overcoming fibromyalgia as well um, through her own efforts moved away from the traditional sciences into speaking her truth around practical well-being and how we can basically live our purpose to enable and increase our own personal well-being as well really really good chat we touched on a lot of different subjects Um, We discussed Ayurvedic medicine, which is an ancient Indian medicinal practice. So some of the words that we use may not be familiar, but they're related to that. So words like dosha, that type of thing. Um, And of course, if it's of interest um, and you want to Google it, the the spelling is A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A, Ayurveda. I'm not going to go on for too long because it's a great episode and I'm sure you'd rather listen to... uh, Myron, then listen to me. Uh, But if you have just come across the podcast and you'd like to give us a follow, you can find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook at Layer Yoga. Um, You can find us um, on TikTok at Layer Yoga. You can find us um, at YouTube uh, on uh, the YouTube, um, sorry, on the Layer Yoga Journey on YouTube. And if you want to find us on Instagram, it's leia underscore yoga seven Um, so without further ado I introduce to you JJ Myra thank you very very much for joining me today Myra how you doing you okay
1: I'm doing great how are you today
0: very much good as we as we discussed off air um the weather's lovely um we're having a bit of a mini heat wave um but it just makes me feel very sleepy actually but i'm I'm not complaining i'm not complaining um so yeah thank you very much for uh making the time to come and talk to me out of uh i'm guessing what is a fairly busy schedule but I suppose now things are a little bit quieter. With uh, you, you guys being, down. Is
1: right? <laughs> you would think that now things are busier than ever. Uh, it's it's, right. it, it's just crazy, crazy busy times. I think some industries everything is down, and other industries things are booming in. So it's it's pretty unpredictable right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, because I, I know uh, New York, um, like I said, that's complete lockdown, isn't it? Um, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised to hear that, like you say, some places it's booming, like health healthcare places, pharmacies, that type of thing, and a lot of other industries and people have been displaced or shut down. Um, but yeah, really, I was just uh, very interested in hearing your story and uh, giving you a platform to tell your story and allow uh, our listeners to hear it. Um, I was quite quite intrigued by your um not just your story, but your um, philosophy of practical wellness. Mm-hmm. So perhaps we can touch on that and um, yeah, give the, uh, the the lovely listeners out there in internet land some actionable tips as well. So yeah, first off, what's your, uh, what's your background, what's your uh, story for, for all the listeners?
1: So my background is actually as a research scientist in molecular biology. That's how I started my career. And I worked as a scientist for several years. I was always interested in finding new novel cures, ways to treat things. So it was pretty interesting to me when I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which is a syndrome that doctors don't have a cure or a real treatment for, and especially not back in the day when I was diagnosed with it. So needless to say, everything that the doctors tried, all the medications didn't work. Not only did they not work, they made me worse. They made me feel more sick. So I ended up walking away from the Western medical approach completely. And even from my career as a scientist, because I realized that the way uh, a lot of times that we go about science is not very holistic. You know, We do animal testing and other things, which brings death and suffering to animals in the name of trying to find a cure for other things. And I just knew intuitively there really had to be a better way. And I wanted to align my entire life with a more holistic way of finding well-being for everyone.
0: Brilliant. Okay, well, that's that's really clear and succinctly put. Um, In terms of fibromyalgia, um, that's something that, that we hear quite a lot nowadays um can you explain what it is i mean is there a physical basis to it is it yeah
1: there is a physical basis to it and science and medicine are, are both fully acknowledging that now again 10 15 years ago that wasn't as much the case but they do know that it affects the nervous system in a way that you just have a heightened response to pain like your pain receptors are on overdrive so it's not something that's just in your mind but that said any illness does have a psychological and an emotional component too so for me uh you know i had no idea what to do especially when nothing was working for me i mean even taking over-the-counter things like tylenol or advil didn't work for me and they made me feel worse like that's how heightened my pain receptors were anything i would try to do just literally made me feel 10 times worse so i i couldn't do much of anything So I started trying to live holistically and I started meditating. I started spending a lot of time in in quiet, spending time in nature. And these things are what helped me to start my healing journey. I would honestly say that over 85 percent of recovering from debilitating fibromyalgia was due to mindfulness and meditation. And when I say debilitating, I I lost my job, I lost my marriage, my home was foreclosed on, I had to declare bankruptcy. And I was essentially left with absolutely nothing and even separated from my two young children. So I, I hit absolute rock bottom with this illness. And it was no joke for me to try to get better. And for something as simple as mindfulness and meditation to help reset the body and reset the nervous system, it was like a, a, a miracle to me.
0: Wow, yeah, well, like you say, rock bottom, that's the, um, I think that's the phrase there. So you hit rock bottom, and then um, you looked for some answers to bounce back. Um, so just, just before we go on to that, and, and I suppose this was the main reason for asking the question that fibromyalgia I suppose a better way of asking the question is, do we know what the causes are? Is it something um, to do with um, the the psychological pain aspect or is it actually, you know, people with fibromyalgia, they literally have physically different genes, which makes them more sensitive? I mean, do we know this?
1: So fibromyalgia scientifically is classified as a syndrome because there's no distinctive, uh, it's not a disease of its own, it's a manifestation that science doesn't exactly know what the cause of this is. Now, saying that uh, from my personal experience, from talking with hundreds and hundreds of different people who have suffered from the disease and other people who have suffered from other similar things, there definitely does seem to be uh, an emotional and a mental component to it. But we see this with a variety of other diseases. It's, it's not just fibromyalgia. If you're familiar with Louise Hay, her whole philosophy is that any disease that we have in our body has a mental and an emotional component behind it. With fibromyalgia though, this just gets made very prominent in the body. It, it's almost like you can experience a traumatic event, whether that's an emotional or a physical thing, and then 10 to 20 years later, it's going to start manifesting in the body as chronic pain because these are psychological issues that have not been dealt with. And it's very interesting that you ask this question right now, because it's just been in the news this past week uh, in a lot of articles where where Lady Gaga has been talking about her journey with fibromyalgia and how uh, her doctors had guided her to do uh, mental health treatments and therapy. because there's been a lot more evidence-based research nowadays that that can be beneficial for treating chronic pain. So it's saying that science now acknowledges that there is some connection between what's going on in the mind and what's going on in the body, but it's nothing that can be definitively uh, proven or linked. You can't say that, oh, if if X happens to you, that this disease is gonna be an outcome of it. Everyone is drastically different and we all react to life in different ways. And I think that's something that makes humanity really beautiful, but it also means that we all have to be very personally accountable for our health and our well-being, because there, there's no magic pill that anyone can take to get better from from just about anything, really.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just a few things that you uh, you mentioned there. This because uh, something that's quite topical at the minute is you know Bill Gates talking about a vaccine for the world for. Um, the the virus that's going around at the minute. Um, And obviously the thing is, is, you know, seven billion people, there's going to be a huge variety in there, so there can't be a one size fits all. Um, And I think science as well is, you know, science as we know it is sort of 50, 60 years old. Um, And it's interesting that it's now starting to loop back to the traditional schools of thought from thousands of years ago. Um, and I suspect, you know, those people weren't as um, unevolved as we think they are and they're very much more in tune and small. I don't
1: know why people they're... think that our ancient civilizations were If anything that the scriptures that have been left behind shows that our ancient civilizations were much more highly evolved than we are now and much more in tune with their bodies and nature and the cosmos than the general person is nowadays. It, it's just really uh, it's really a shame that, that we have this perception of those ancient generations because they had so many answers and such a deep understanding. And I have zero doubt that science will come around to everything that these ancient traditions teach. Uh, th- this is the thing about science. If you're a scientist, you're supposed to have an open mind and be open to exploration. Anytime someone is skeptical of something that has no rooting or foundation in science. You have to be able to look at everything through a discerning eye and keep an open mind to everything that comes about. We just don't have tools nowadays that can detect things like or prove, oh, that we have a soul or a spiritual side. And that's why this gets left out of that scientific equation, just because you can't prove it. But at the same time, you can't disprove it so it's still like left on the table as a valid solution and one day we will have that technology to to be able to detect consciousness itself and then i think that that's going to be game changing for everything not just healthcare but pretty much every industry is going to feel a ripple effect from that
0: yeah i mean this is the thing with science that you know the the basis of everything was the big bang right well you know, surely that's a miracle in and of itself, if we're going to assume that that's correct. um And then, you know, something else that I was uh, reading the other day is that we think that 96% of all matter isn't actually visible. Yeah, dark matter, um, yeah. Yeah, dark matter. So, uh, and that's, you know, that's a kind of given in scientific circles. Um, but again, I think a, a lot of things become politicized and become dogmatic. And then, you know, you can't speak out against them and be, um, put forward something different until there's a, you know, decades later when it's a more accepted thing to do, you know, things like, um, you, you know, CO2 and the, the greenhouse effect mm-hmm. and that type of thing. Um, at the minute it's really, it's almost like trying to challenge the a religion when you talk to some people um when there's actually quite a bit of evidence to show that actually you know the, the link between co2 and temperature it's it's not complete the, the argument isn't settled there's no
1: absolutely yeah, I mean, fortunately for me, shy. I'm I've never been concerned about challenging societal norms. I think that's what needs to be done when you want to make a concrete and lasting change. Is you need to be willing to stand stand up and speak your truth, no matter what other people believe in that moment. And as long as you have integrity to your own message, uh, there are going to be a lot of people that you're able to help with that. So. For, for me, that that's how I gauge what's important. I just put out my truth into the world. I hope that it's going to be able to help some people and that that will be enough to make a change and hopefully lead to part of a longer lasting, more systematic change.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great segue into um, practical wellness. Uh, you know, something that, that I was reading about on your website. So. This is a truth that you put forward. So do you want to expand on that a bit? What is practical wellness? You know, Why should people care and how can it help them?
1: Yeah, a lot of the things that I do follow these ancient traditions. It has a lot to do with mindfulness, with meditation. Uh, herbal remedies, like things that have been around for literally thousands of years. But my philosophy is that if you can't make something practical to day to day life, people aren't going to understand why they should implement it in their life. So I look for very simple things that people can do consistently that are going to make huge changes because really the key to anything, the key to rewiring your brain and your mind comes down to doing something consistently. If you did one thing consistently for 30 seconds every day, your behavior would change, but your behavior would not change even if you did that thing for 30 minutes a day, three times a week, because that's not how the brain works. So by adapting very small and simple things into our day to day lives, we can really, I would say rewrite your destiny, change what's going on with your health and well-being, and change everything that's going to happen in your life moving forward and maybe that's as simple as you do take 10 minutes to meditate every day or you wake up in the morning and you have a cup of tea like i love tea tea is a great example tea it does have some caffeine in it so it's stimulating but it also has tianine in it which is relaxing and calming and soothing so how much stress do we have in the course of our day we all need to add things that can help us reduce stress naturally right If that can be as simple as uh, having a cup of tea, which is very practical and something that people do for personal enjoyment, but also have it give you a health benefit, why not do something like that? So to me, practical wellness is about those small, those simple things, those adjustments that you make in your life that are going to synergize and make everything better.
0: Makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, two things there. One, consistency, something else, taught by my first boss many years ago is that consistency equals excellence and amazingly well not not amazingly actually but i think consistency is the thing that most people actually struggle with in any walk of yes, life
1: yes very um, true
0: and this is a um i mean a, a, as an example this is a bit of a far out um sort of uh, example but um i'm big into uh, football what we call soccer over here and uh, the team that i follow manchester united uh, the ex-coach, who's quite legendary, is there for 30 years, built a dynasty. But he was big on bringing the youth through. Um, and something he'd say repeatedly is that, you know, like when the fans were getting on their back, he would repeatedly say that, you know, they're, they're young, they're not gonna be consistent yet. That will come with age. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something that we see a lot in society. Um, and the other thing as well that he touched on was ancient traditions. Um, um, I'm uh, uh, well, the, the name of the pod- podcast is the Layer Yoga Podcast, so um, that probably gives the game away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm hugely, uh, I'm hugely into uh, uh, yoga. Um, I practice classical Hatha okay. Yoga, um, and you know what? These and, and the, the reason it appeals to me is that it's not, it's not taught any different to how it was thousands of years mm-hmm. ago. Um, and the school that I learned from is very, very careful um, in that respect. So they don't do any online classes except for one very simple type of yoga. And to be a teacher, you have to go and train for six months um, over in, uh, in the centre in India. So there's a real authenticity and a real respect for the fact that actually, you know what, this works. It's worked for thousands of years. The human mechanism hasn't changed in that time. So don't change the practice. Um, and actually, the I suppose the foundational part of it is something called inner engineering with yes. the uh, with the idea that um, the human uh, mechanism, the human body is basically a set of chemical reactions. So if you can take a pill to create a chemistry of bliss, then it follows that actually, if you consciously take hold of that process, you can start creating that chemistry within oh, yourself.
1: Absolutely. Why um, take a pill at the end of the day when your body has been designed to do all of these things for you?
0: Massively, massively. I think um, I suppose the, the difference is, is that, you know, doing sort of 20 minutes of yoga and popping a pill in a few seconds, there's a there's a, a lot less effort in that respect. Um, and like you say, our body is designed for this. So, I mean, CBD is becoming huge nowadays. Um, cannabis oil, that type of industry, um, and CBD, the, the therapeutic part of the, uh, the, 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 the cannabis plant, not the hallucinogenic part, um, is actually naturally produced within our body. Our body naturally produces CBD, um, which which is, when, when I read that, I thought that, that was huge. So, you know, all these things are inside of us already. If, a whole experience of life.
1: is Yeah. I mean, the really? fact that the body has its own cannabinoid pathway should suggest that these are things that we can produce on our own. And so many people don't know this. Or when people have to take melatonin to go to sleep at night. Well, uh, why not eat the right neuro uh, neurotransmitting, sorry, train wreck in my brain there. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the different foods that are going to stimulate like dopamine and serotonin and norepinephrine epinephrine production in the body, all these things are going to break down, ta- break down, they're going to elevate your mood, they're going to help you to sleep better. And you get all of this through the nutrients that you eat, you don't need to take it in pill form. And you know, mm. and, and speaking of yeah. spiritual traditions, even like serotonin, melatonin production, you can even get that from the practice of sun gazing.
0: You know what, no doubt, no doubt, like I say, they were, they were smart, smart people who are a lot more in tune with nature. Absolutely. And certainly I think the, the vast majority of us are. Um, but yeah, it's, it's such a huge, huge subject. And I mean, I'm at, at the minute as well, because what I do daily is I sort of post video clips out to uh, the, the various social channels that we're on. Um, and a, a lot of it is talks that, that the head of the foundation that, that I learned from. Um, talks that he's given and uh, a recent one is a Q&A that he did with the chief scientist at the World Health Organization within, um, at, the, at the UN. And um, it's very topical to what we're talking about because a couple of the things that he points out is that, I mean, as an example in the USA you know, you've got sort of 70% of people, is it, who are on prescription drugs? Uh, there's a lot, um, yeah. It's,
1: it's kind of crazy.
0: $3 trillion health bill um, and it's, I think, you know what, it's, it's conditioning and a lack of knowledge because the advertising is all around popping that pill, right? Because the pharmaceutical lobby is so powerful. Um, there is no meditation or yoga lobby in Westminster here or in uh, in Washington DC. Um, but I think times are slowly changing, you know, because you've got World Yoga Day now and this, this consciousness seems to be spreading, I mean, you yourself. How did you end up going to these ancient traditions to uh, solve your uh, fibromyalgia? I
1: didn't go to it to solve my fibromyalgia, but I'm sure you've heard the saying before that most people, there's two things that are destined in someone's life, your time of birth and your time of death. For the adept spiritual practitioner, there's three. There's time of birth, time of death, and time of meeting your spiritual teacher. So. I would say that I had started on my journey before I got sick and I continued on my journey because it was just a tremendous lifeline for me. And I knew that it was going to be game changing for everything in my life. Uh, Like I, I talk about in my upcoming book, I had no idea what I needed to do to get healthy. But what I did know was that I needed to realign my life and live my purpose. Now, I had pursued a career in science because I thought that I would be able to do wonderful things with it and maybe find a cure for cancer or or AIDS or something great like that. But I did not understand all the crap that goes along with it, like the animal testing, uh, a lot of the other things that you're doing as a scientist, which just... You know, the ends do not justify the means, in my opinion so i just needed to completely Mm -hmm. realign my life to living my purpose and what i thought was truly important and i knew that uh, it just wasn't going to be sustainable for me in the long run so i started changing my life to be more in alignment with my purpose i changed my career completely i went from being a research scientist and i was always a strong writer into transitioning uh, my writing and my technical skills more onto the marketing the branding side the technical writing side and eventually started my own communications consulting company so i literally changed everything in my life i started aligning my life with my skills with my talents uh, which are in alignment with your your dosha or your unique elemental type and those are the things that really started healing me being able to meditate daily realigning my life to my purpose uh, making all of these changes Like we are so perfectly made by our creator God that when you do start doing things right, your body is going to synergize and your health is going to get better at the same time. So I, I would say that the real emphasis of my work is looking deeply at what those spiritual connections are between spirituality and health between your purpose and your health and well-being between the small and simple things that you can do to boost your health and your well-being naturally so that you can fulfill your purpose which in the eastern traditions we would call dharma in the west we would call it purpose so what can you do to live your purpose and also how is that going to make you healthier at the same time because ultimately purpose uh, purpose is at the core of everything it's what shapes our entire dosha type our entire elemental constitution it's like the causal seed that makes us who we are so when we look at that as the focal point you can address any issue that's going on in your life even if you were so sick like i was that i couldn't even lift a three pound pan to put it on the stove Uh, i went from being that debilitated to being healthier than i have ever been in my entire life like to the point that i just don't even get sick anymore I'm not worried about COVID. I'm not worried about any of these things because I know that I'm going to stay healthy. Right? This is how profound this knowledge that we have at our disposal is and just uh, living the life that you truly dream about. And I'm, I'm very passionate about sharing that message with people.
0: No, you know what? It it completely resonates. I I watched your TED talk um, and I thought it made so much sense. It's quite synchronistic because I recently left um, uh, my my career of 20-odd years in sales um, to pursue this path um, because when I sat and thought about, you know, what is it that I want to do, I knew I always wanted to do something for myself um, business-wise. But then I thought, actually, you know, rather than just chasing the pound note, what is it that really aligns with my values um, and actually is of value to the wider community and you know humanity as a whole and that's where you know sitting and talking about classical hutsi yoga and actually being able to um, offer it out to more people that's what made more sense to me Um, and i think you're so right because you know as as an example like where i was working previously um, I developed acid reflux and stomach issues, and don't get me wrong, they're not perfect now. But it, it, I was just thinking today that I don't, I don't get them unless you know I do something that really aggravates them, like eat something or drink something that I shouldn't. Um, so yeah, living your purpose, living in alignment with what's important to you, I think yep. is huge. Um, and I congratulate you and applaud you for, for having it, a bravery it. It sounds very
1: simple, but at the end of the day, no, we know that it is not as simple as it sounds. So that's why I try to make things practical and approachable for people. It's like, what are the small, simple things that you can start with when adjusting your life? How can you understand your own constitution and body type and dreams and your talents and gifts to start using these things in a way that they synergize and make all of life better? And thankfully for us, we do have disease that pops up in life because these are just warning signs to show us that we're not on the right track. If we didn't have them, we wouldn't necessarily know. But when you can see it as that and you know that anything can be overcome, I think you're in a much more empowered state to literally do anything you could possibly want to do with your life. I very firmly believe that anything that we can dream, we have the possibility to achieve because God would not give us a dream or a vision that we're not capable of accomplishing. And just knowing this and that, that we have the power to overcome and do anything to me that it's so simple, but profound at the same time, there's such a beauty to that. And I just want people to understand that you really can live your dreams, but you have to cultivate your character. You have to have discipline and consistency in life, and you need to know how to do these things that are going to synergize your life in a positive way.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely, 100%. I mean, from my point of view, um, it wasn't an overnight decision. It was a process of a number of months sitting, considering being mindful about what I actually valued, um, putting that down, doing some exercises around that, understanding You know what i needed to be in alignment with and then doing the practical things of making sure i had money saved and all of these types of things so that i could walk away um and you know be able to be relatively um relatively comfortable for a period of time while i shaped things um in terms of your advice and your path you know if someone is in a place that they don't want to be what would your tips be to uh, get them to live live with purpose? Or live with well,
1: purpose? I am a huge fan of meditation and mindfulness. I think that meditation is great for the physical body because it helps it to adjust, reset the sympathetic, the parasympathetic nervous system, so the body can come back to a place of self-healing. That said, I think mindfulness is equally as important and mindfulness in terms of self-inquiry or inner discernment, like. You need to really understand what makes you tick, why you believe the things that you believe. Were these beliefs given to you by other people? Were they things that you adapted on your own? Uh, We have so much that goes on in our day-to-day life that's very unconscious. And learning to uncover all of these things and really what makes you unique as a person, you can make all of your your action patterns more conscious. And I think that that is going to help people to to live their purpose like we all do things that we don't even realize we're doing we self sabotage we have other habits that are beneficial to us but uncovering them and understanding really that they're there and what's making you act in a certain way that that's all crucial for changing your life into something that you want it to be so meditation and mindfulness also I cannot speak enough about the importance of diet and I don't think that you need to follow any particular diet per se, but if you have chronic pain problems, definitely an anti-inflammatory diet. Uh, If you don't believe that you should eat meat, then be a plant-based person or a vegan, you know, follow your own ethos and what works for you. Uh, Just really living in alignment with what you feel in your heart will go a very long way. And I don't think that people should underestimate that. So I would just say, make some small simple changes and keep taking one step forward each and every day because that one step is going to turn into a whole journey before you know it.
0: Absolutely. The journey of a, a thousand miles starts with one step, as the, uh, as the old yeah. saying goes. Um, so just to recap, first step, self-awareness. Understand what's happening under the bonnet. Um, identify any action patterns and any self-sabotage. So. Um, just something that, that I tend to do now when I'm being more conscious of it is you know if there's a limiting belief and I identify it, I actually write a limiting belief down on a pad and I write it out and that helps it lose a bit of its power. and then I ask a better question around how we can how we can move forward. And the third thing you said was diet yeah make sure that you're fueling yourself with the, the appropriate things. Um, just on that, I had a, uh, a guest uh, on the podcast a few weeks ago. Um, his uh, Twitter handle is uh, uh, Yogi's Diet on Instagram, um, and he's a, a, a meditator and a yogi. He learned through the Isha Foundation, same as myself. Um, so he was putting on these wonderful recipes on Instagram and that type of thing, and that's how he caught my eye. So he came on and had a chat about the, the yogic perspective to diet, which isn't based on nutrition or calories; it's based on energy. So food is either positive pranic, negative pranic. Or neutral um but just to reaffirm your point something that, that he said was that his teacher um just couldn't stomach uh, raw food uh, raw vegetables um and it's advised to eat as much raw as possible because that maintains most of the power because one of the key things you're you're doing with hatha yoga is you're trying to elevate your energy it
1: just it depends um, on your constitution um, your you know a vata constitution goodness. is going to react to raw food very different than a kapha-based constitution would so this is why it, it's so important mm. to understand like your own dosha your own elemental composition and what works for that because there's truly no one-size-fits-all approach and yeah i mean if i tried to eat raw food all the time i would be sicker than a dog you know i i eat a lot of what people <laughs> would consider tomasic foods, but they work for my constitution and they keep me very healthy and very mentally clear and astute, like uh, garlic, onions, and ginger. Those are probably three of the best foods that you can eat to ward off illnesses. Um, I, I think there's just a misconception in some spiritual communities about Sotwick versus non-Sotwick foods, because you have to eat to your constitution no matter what. And we have to, you have to eat foods that are going to yeah. make you uh be clearer and more thoughtful, and that's going to be very very different if your pitta or vata or of your kappa based constitution there, there's 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 truly no like universal uh, uh approach to it which i think there's a very there's a huge amount of beauty in that
0: definitely uh the the, the underlying advice on the diet side of things was a, a experiment see what works and eat for yeah eat
1: bring your stomach tongue. eat Prebiotics and probiotics. Uh, make sure to fuel yourself with neurotransmitter producing food so you get adequate dopamine and serotonin and melatonin production. All of these things, like like your mood and your mental health is so much more linked to what you eat than people realize. Mm-hmm.
0: I can, You know what? I, I fully, fully buy into that. Um, in fact, I don't buy into it. I fully, fully know it to be true because ultimately... Um, you know, it's, it's not about morality, it's about well being, right? If you eat certain things or ingest certain things, they have that chemical uh, response in your body. Um, so your body becomes a, a chemical soup of something that doesn't feel so great. But then again, you've got it in your power to do the right things, meditate, yoga, eat the right things, and you can create that chemistry of um, you know blissfulness or joyfulness as opposed to something that feels negative. Um, but again I think time's coming and people now have this information and it's slowly seeping out into society so that's good to see um, Is there any other tips that you give to somebody I mean say to your your, your uh, younger self in terms of wellness? Um, you know, what what few bits of advice would you
1: give? Honestly, just be true to yourself. There is no better way to cultivate holistic wellness than to stay in integrity with what you believe to be true and right. That m- may sound very cliche, but there is a deep power and truth to that that whenever you start scattering your energy and doing things that misalign who you are at your core, uh, no amount of exercise or yoga or diet is going to be able to fix that.
0: Mm-hmm. So be true to yourself, be authentic. Um, and you can walk Yeah, start
1: at a foundational level way, yeah. and build on that foundation. Don't start with the piecemeal things first, uh, really get your core in alignment with where that needs to be. And then everything else, Uh, will synergize properly if you don't build your foundation then it's like you're building a house of cards so build a strong foundation uh, Mm -hmm. adapt a couple of consistent routines each and every day this is all going to work wonders for helping you to feel better mentally emotionally and physically
0: brilliant yeah no that's uh, that is excellent advice and Something that that I'm uh, I'm also passionate about is music, and um, so I always like to end off on uh, on this question. In terms of musical tastes uh, or musical recommendations or what you're listening to right now, um, what what musical recommendation do you have for? Uh, Oh, Oh, man,
1: I listen listen to so um, so many different things, honestly, but I always like to listen to things that are going to be uplifting or inspiring to me. Uh, Music can definitely set the tone for your mental health. So uh, I'm very cautious about what I listen to in that I want it to have a positive message to it. I, I want it to send me in the direction that I want to go in. So just things that are that are uplifting in general and, and it really depends like some days i want something that's got like a strong like latin beat to it other days i want something that's just a little bit more gentle maybe no vocals behind it 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 just really depends on the day honestly i'm, I'm pretty eclectic in my musical tastes
0: mm-hmm. any favorite um any favorite artists or uh, any favorite songs no
1: i i can't say that I do. Honestly, I just like to keep a very open mind. And I listen to music in a lot of different languages and from a lot of different cultures. So that also, I think changes the way that you think, like the way that you listen to language and sound Uh, any, any different language that you listen to, it will impact your consciousness and the way that you think about things. So I, I just like to, to listen to what comes my way. If someone sends me a recommendation, I'll definitely listen to it
0: cool okay so uh what i'll do and this is i think for just for the people who have uh, anchor um i can get some music from spotify and we can ride out to that at the end of the uh, podcast so you mentioned latin beats um so i'll find something with a latin beat to it um and do you want to just uh let the listeners know where they can uh, get hold yeah, of you very easy it's jaya jaya myra
1: Literally everywhere, Jaya JayaJayaMyra Jaya on every social media handle, on Wikipedia. Super easy to find.
0: Great, okay, JJ Myra. Um and thank you so much for your time, uh, Myra. If um, if anyone out there isn't following us um, already, you can find us at. Uh, Layer underscore yoga seven on Instagram, and then uh, Layer yoga on Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, and the Layer yoga journey on YouTube. Once again, Myra, thank you very much for making the time to speak to us. Um, this is the Layer yoga podcast, helping you overcome anxiety through the power of classical Hatha yoga, enabling you to be calmer, joyful, and more stronger people out there in society. Have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are. Thank you very much.